Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Jonathan. And today we're going to be doing a review of Architects of the West Kingdom. Then we're going to be looking at our top five games that we're looking forward to playing in 2019. So thanks for joining us for episode number six. Hey, John, this is episode number six. Episode number six. Can you believe it? I can, actually. Hey, what is a pirate's favorite letter? I'm going to say R, but you're going to say something different. I know it. It's always been the C. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, what made you think of that? I don't know. I just thought, you know, we don't start our episodes off with jokes enough, so... There you go. For so those of you who are looking for jokes on this podcast, there it is. That's what you're going to get this that, entire episode. That's it. We're <laughs> pirate jokes in particular. Pirate jokes, yes. What's a pirate's favorite cookie? I don't know. Are you just making this up? Chips Ahoy. Oh, uh, I mean, nice. Wow. I can go for days, actually. <laughs> I didn't know that one. So let's just... Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> there is a pirate's joke website I've been to. I have frequented quite often. By uh, frequented, I mean you moderate it. Like you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you update the jokes. I... Do it's really my website? Oh, <laughs> uh, not really. But by the way, I uh, opened up the podcast saying Jonathan because in a recent video uh, review, Dean turned into my mom and called me Jonathan, <laughs> which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, and I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> Sorry, I just That's get a... weird sometimes, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> that is pretty strange. It is. So hey, let's talk about a quick poll. We didn't have a ton of. Folks, vote on this one. Mapletown, vote. Go to our Twitter account and vote. Um, but that's probably our fault too. We didn't push it as much. As I didn't. It was my ones. fault, not yours, Dean. I I didn't push. I usually retweet uh, polls like two or three times, at least once a day, and run them for three days or so. This time I ran it for three days, but only tweeted it out once. So really, that probably is my fault. Um, but we decided to do the poll. Um, if you remember, an episode or two ago. How many? What was that? Last episode or two episodes ago? Two, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so. We did like a, a throwdown. Uh, between we called it throw showdown in Meeple Town. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I should remember the name of our segments. <laughs> oh man, showdown, showdown, showdown. All right, uh, against uh, with Azul, Azul stained glass and reef, and it looks like Meeple Town completely agreed with my order, Dean. Yeah, and do. that is reef one with forty nine percent. Uh, Azul came in second with 38, and Stained Glass came in third with 13. But I, I'm going to say this. Um, I wonder if there's people that haven't played, a lot of people that haven't played Stained Glass. They're, That's probably true. That's probably I would say, true. I would, say, I would say Reef is probably the new hotness for for most people. I mean, yeah. you know, some of our friends haven't played the, the Stained Glass version, and that's why it's the only reason they voted for Reef is because it's the, it. the newer hotness. I just set you up for that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, you can have 100 people do this poll, and you can still have 70 people that are wrong. You know, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean they're right because the more people voted for Reef. Oh, my goodness. Reef was, is a great game. Uh, yeah, and Azul is too. Actually, 48, I mean, excuse me, 38 to 49% is not a huge difference, so... Anyway, Dean, you were sharing with me something that I thought was really cool, and you started on Twitter, and that is a New Year's resolution about encouraging folks. I want you to tell our Meeple Town folk about that. Yeah, so I'm not usually much for resolutions necessarily, but um, you know, if you get on social media, 
there's not always the most positive comments on there. Believe it or not, the internet is not just no way. Like candy and and balloons. It's so but, encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not that, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, everything everyone is saying is negative. It was just, I want to, I want to encourage people. Really, that's it. You know, there's a lot of people that I listen to, um, listen to their podcast. I watch their videos or uh, I play their games. And I just want to encourage them and say, hey, you know, if you, you know, you might be hearing a lot of negative feedback, but for me, you know, you, you've made a game that I've really enjoyed and it's brought my family closer together yeah. or something like that, you know, so I just want to, I, love that. I just want to encourage people. Now I started off um, doing one every week this week and that won't continue because I don't one know if I have 300. One every week, one every day this week. <laughs> one, every, one every day this week, there we go. I, I've done one every day this week, and I'll, um, I'll I'll continue that a little bit more, but I don't know if I can think of 365 people, so uh, I'll, I'll slow that down a little bit. I would be hugely but, impressed. Yes. You would be like, think, I don't know, never mind, I'm going to say something I shouldn't probably. But I, I started to make a list, and I really have quite a few names on that list right now, and so... It's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. Just being able to show people I really appreciate what you're doing. I'm just waiting for you to do being thankful for um, John, Johnny Meepletown. Yeah. And how much he's uh, on this the list. podcast is. Uh... Hey, by the way. Hold on. I need to type something on this list. <laughs> Completely unrelated. But <laughs> I forgot to mention that Dean is uh, wearing a giant parka. <laughs> and uh, he has a, uh, a beanie on. He's got his hood on. But he also has... Ding! Someone's at the door! Uh, he also has shorts and flip-flops. And the reason is because we live in Tennessee. And our winters are crazy. Yes, they're awful is what you mean. It was like 69 or 8 degrees I saw earlier this week. And 30-something yesterday. And it's freezing today. Yeah. So... Yeah. Dean always has to dress up, so I have to throw that in, and I was going to be disappointed if episode <laughs> six did not have Dean dressed up. Something... The truth is, if you know me, you know that that's probably not too far off, that that's something That's true, that actually. Would, you probably would, would dress yeah. like that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm from Michigan originally, and I love the snow. I mean, no, a lot of Michiganders don't like the snow, yeah. but being in Tennessee, I miss it. And yeah, so we don't get too much. We just don't. In Nashville area... We get snow in Kentucky and Alabama and in Knoxville and west of us in Memphis. Not here. Once or twice a year we'll get an inch or two, maybe. But this year, nada. Nothing yet. Well, might as well talk about some board games, you think? Yes, we talk about board games. That's what we do. Let's do it. So, a game I've been playing lately, or a game that I played lately, is one that you've probably heard of and maybe have played before listeners and that is betrayal at house on the hill don't turn your radio off yet i know (laughs) there are a lot of people who don't really care for this game but let me explain it first so betrayal at house on the hill came out in 2004 it's designed by rob davio and published by avalon hill and uh, wizards of the coast um there's also an expansion to this that we played with this time and so basically in Betrayal House on the Hill, you start off with up to six players and you are exploring a house. Three to six players, you're exploring a house. And then eventually at some point during the game, a haunt's going to happen and one person is more than likely going to be a betrayer. And when they become a betrayer, they're basically trying to uh, probably kill everybody. But they have a secret They have a secret objective they're trying to complete. So they the betrayal 
is made known, and then they leave the room and they read their book, and then everyone else reads their uh, the page on their book, and you all are trying to figure out what your goals are to win the game, and so that's that's basically it. But the cool thing is, there's f- I think 50 haunts in the original game, another 50 in the expansion, and uh, I've not uh, I don't think I've duplicated any of them that I've played over over the years. Mm. Um, I, I haven't played it 50 times, but um, but they've all been interesting because they're also they're also different, and you don't really know what's going to happen. And I, I want to talk about the haunt that we did, but if you've never played the game and you want to pick it up, I don't want to spoil that for you. So I'm actually not. Just know that um, you're going to spoil it for everyone. I played with my family. It's it's my nephew's favorite game, and that's why we we played really? it for his birthday. Um, he's, How old is he? He just turned 18, and that's what he wanted to play games with a family, and so. Um, oh, I saw some pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we played that, and I, I recognize that a lot of people listening to the podcast probably poo-poo the game because it's. Some people might say it's broken because the haunts are sometimes way, way in the favor of the betrayer or hmm. or their party, um, and I would say that's probably accurate. However, the stories that you get from the game, it's just fun. It's just fun. You're just chunking dice and trying to attack each other. And we laugh a lot because we're like making up these side stories about why they went into this room and what happened when they went into this room. And it's just neat. I I like it for for a good fun. Um, Yeah, it's just a fun game. I like how you... um it's the different way you approach games that kind of give you a different feel for it. Like a lot of games you just approach as let's just have some fun. Yes. And so when people get all like twisted in the knot about stuff and like, I've got no desire to play this really, but I would play it with you, especially if we were just going to go have some fun. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Why yeah. can't board games be more fun? Sometimes <laughs> we get so serious. Yes. And I, I think maybe there's, I don't know. I don't have a lot in my collection, but like haunting type games that you yeah. would play around Halloween, I think are fun. Um, this is not my favorite. Mansions of Madness Second Edition is amazing. It's yeah. a ton of fun, um, but this one gets played more often because my family knows it, and it's you can play it. I think it took us a it took us longer than normal. I think it took us two hours, but typically you can play in about an hour and a half, maybe. Whereas Mansions of Madness, I've played games that have taken like four hours. So, so this is much easier to get to table, and I don't have to explain a new game to my family. But it's cool. Yeah, it's Betrayal at House on the Hill. Fun for me. What have I been playing? I didn't ask. I was, hey, hey, John, what have you been playing? Hey, I was. I, I, I just got to segue to myself, <laughs> okay. I guess. Goodness gracious. Um, well, you know, Dean and I talked about this. Like, over uh, Christmas break, I played a ton of games. Mm. In fact, um, I calculated up, and my birthday is December 1st, so I got a total of 16 new board games. What? For my birthday and Christmas combined. Oh, wow, combined. that's great. But I was able to get 15 of them to the table over the course of <laughs> from December 1st to the end of December. So that was really cool. And one of those games that I I hesitated to actually bring up because this is something we should have a full-on review of or something because it's an amazing game, and that's Scythe. I have I had not played that game, even though it's been out for two years. I think it was 2016 that it came out. Um, I mean, Jamie Stegmeier is awesome. <laughs> and like I'm, I am uh, have beat myself up a little bit, going, "Why have you not played this game sooner?" Mm-hmm. And so I did get a chance to get it to the table, and I've only played it. This is one actually I also hesitate to bring because I've only played it once. But man, I 
thoroughly enjoyed it. Let me. I'm going to read the beginning of the description because there are people that listen to this podcast. There are some that's going to be like, oh my gosh, Scythe, old news. But there are also people who are new to board gaming, and they may be like, what is what is this Scythe game? Yeah. So let me just read, because the reason I want to read it is because it's got such a cool theme. I mean, it is an amazing theme. So yeah. it says, it's a time of unrest in 1920s Europa. The ashes from the First Great War still darken the snow. The capitalistic city-state known as the Factory, which fueled the war with heavily armored mechs. I did say that. <laughs> mechs. <laughs> Has closed its door, drawing the attention of several nearby Country. So basically, it says it cites an engine building game set in an alternate history in the 1920s in, uh, in a time of farming and war and broken hearts. And you know, I'm not going to go over through all these, but there's five different factions. And um, I want to actually toss this back to you because I know you've played this quite a bit, Dean, and just ask you what are. I really enjoyed my first run of it. What are your thoughts on Scythe? Yeah, I have not played it as much as I want to. I'll say that. Okay. Um, I I have I've played it a few times, um, but I want to play it a lot more because I love it so much. You, but, I thought you liked it. Yeah. I didn't know. That's why I was asking. So you liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Huh? Even even having not played it a lot. Well, okay. I'll say that I the physical copy. I've only you know I've only played it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe three times. Two three times. Something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. The the digital copy. So this is on Steam. The board game yeah. is on Steam, and I have played that quite a bit. Which I need to stop doing that because um, <laughs> I don't know maybe it puts me at an advantage to play it in the future because I've played all these different factions over and over and over again yeah. but uh, but I really like it now uh, I I think some of the factions are more difficult to to play than others for me and this is I I would never say that they're overpowered because I've read a lot of stuff on yeah. on uh, how they were play tested, and I know Jamie's made some made some adjustments. I think there's two combinations between the faction boards and the what are the other boards called? Uh, uh, I don't remember. Anyway, the uh, I don't know the the other boards that you play with. So you combine two boards. I think there's Which I two. Like that. There's two. Yeah, I think that's cool. There's two that you um, that are banned now. That I, I think it's two that you can't combine these two together because mm. they tend to be uh, a little more overpowered, <clears throat> quicker to get the six stars out than the other ones. Yeah. Um, that being said, I really enjoy all the factions. I think they're a lot of fun, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not very good at some of them. Like the Nordic one is pretty difficult for me. You start off, and it's, you can travel, I think this is the one you can travel over water yeah. right off the bat. Like yeah. you can you can move your workers uh, across the water, but um, for some reason that one's more difficult for me. That's to interesting, because we when I, when I played, um, it was all new people, and my brother-in-law started with that one, and he whipped us. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was because it just took me too long to get going. And when there was a group of people who hadn't played it before, he just jumped, leapt across the river, just started taking over. Because this is very much an area control game. Yeah. You're taking, if, for those, because I didn't really explain, I just read kind of the description, but you're taking over areas, you're producing resources to be able to put up structures. Uh, you can abs- absolutely battle against one another when mm-hmm. your mechs come in t- contact with their mechs. So you've got workers that just go out and do resource things. They don't get in battles. But then you have mechs and uh, characters, or I don't think they're called heroes. I think it's just called your character, actually. Actually, yeah. everyone has one yeah. that they go out and they do battle. <clears throat> so you're kind of controlling areas of the map and stuff like that. Um, but anyways, he uh, he definitely crushed me. But I love that. Like, so on the board, there's rivers and there's lakes and different things. And when you start off, you really can't go very far. Right, right. You're just all. kind of building up your You just got to build. Like, there's like just a few hexagons or whatever. Or is it hexagons? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're able to... Uh, to build up, and then you've got to be able to get a cave or something to cross the river yeah. or a mech ability to do it. So 
it feels adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really loved it and I, I, I really want to play it again, but, um, I find myself, I, I do this a lot in games, I think, because I care more about like kind of exploring things than I do actually winning. I do that sometimes. And too. so in this game, I just want to explore as much as I can because yeah. you, with your character, you can go to these spots and explore. And when you do that, you flip over a card and it shows this amazing artwork and then these choices based on that artwork. And so it's like, um, you know, do you want to help these people and you can gain some popularity? Yeah. Um, or do you want to gain a lot of resources, but you're going to really mess these people over and so you're going to lose popularity? There's three different options. And uh, I love I love that part of the game. I think it's so cool. But yeah. it tends to be the thing that prevents me from winning, I think, because I, I want to focus more on that than what I'm actually supposed to do to yeah, win. Yeah, but, but having fun is what's important, right? No, winning is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends who you are. Uh, I'm definitely a fun guy, probably because I lose so much. And I just say, might as well have fun. <laughs> um, but I guess, um, oh, before I end, because I don't want to go into a full-on review, because we get, we get pretty excited, I guess, talking about this game. But um, Jacob Rosalski, amazing art. Yes. Holy yes. arts. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. It's so oh, good. It is, it is so good. And I, I like that. Um, I, I, there's kind of some universes being created as a result of the artwork. So, like, yeah. you know, Jamie did this board game, and there's the the Steam version of the same board game. There's an art book that's amazing. I, I've looked at it. I don't own it, but it's it's really cool. Um, but the other thing is they've created a video game. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe Iron. We can look that up later. But maybe Iron Harvest or something like that that was kickstarted. Um, in this same universe, so which cool. I'm, I'm really interested in, in checking out at some point. I think that would be really cool. But, yeah, it's, it's great. I really, really enjoy Scythe. If you haven't played it, go play it. Now, actually, I didn't also mention that it is ranked, I think, seven. Seven, yeah, yeah. on Board Game Geek. Seven. That, it's, it's so good. I mean, just that one game, I could just tell I'm going to really like it. Yep. So, anyway. Yeah. That's yeah, that. That is what we've been playing. Next up, we're going to be looking at an overview and review of Architects of the West Kingdom. Architects of the West Kingdom is a 1-5 to player game published by Garfield Games and Renegade Games in 2018. The designers are Shem Phillips and S.J. McDonald. The artist is Mihailo Dmitrievsky plays in 60 to 80 minutes and is for ages 12 and up. Architects of the West Kingdom is a worker placement game set in the 800s AD, and players play as royal architects seeking the approval of the king by building up his kingdom. Players will start off with 20 workers that will be placed one at a time on the board in turn order, taking the action listed. There are three types of locations where workers can be placed. The first type of location is one with the large open circle. Most spaces on the board have these large open circles, and these are where your workers will gain resources and apprentice cards from the workshop used to build and gain other bonuses. In these spaces, a player will benefit by having more of their workers placed. For example, if a single worker is placed at the quarry, the player will take one stone. But as the space offers one stone to every one of the workers placed, a player would receive three stones if they placed the third worker at the quarry. I won't go over all of these bonuses for every space, but each location offers a unique bonus. That being said, if you load up too many workers at a location, other players will likely send a worker to the town center in order to capture all of your workers at one or more locations. 
If you want to get these workers back, you'll need to pay a fee at the guardhouse or wait for them to be taken to jail, and then you can send a worker to release them. Unlike most worker placement games, you will not naturally get your workers back at the end of the round. You will need to gather them up or get them after they have been taken from another player or potentially take an action to remove one worker from the board. The second location type is a single worker placement circle found only at the black market. There are only three total spaces at the black market where players can pay money to gain resources depending on the spot you're in. This is a great way to gain the best resources, however it comes at a cost. Going to the black market will move you down on the virtue track. Being lower on the virtue track will allow you to skip out on the taxes that you'll pay in certain spots. However, you'll potentially lose points and not be able to assist in building the cathedral, which is a good way to gain points and other bonuses. Being higher in virtue can result in bonus points at the end of the game and allow you to build the cathedral, but it will prevent you from being able to go to the black market or skipping out on your taxes. The last type of space is the guild hall, which has many spaces with the outline of your workers. Workers placed here will allow you to build building cards into your tableau or work on the cathedral, but you'll not gain these workers back. When building with the guild hall, you will need to pay the resources listed either on your building cards or the cathedral. Once the guild hall spaces are filled up, the end game will trigger. Players will then add up their scores, and the one with the most points will be declared the winner and the king's most valued architect of the West Kingdom. Now let's get on to the review. So after playing Raiders of the North Sea and being a Viking and going and pillaging and having a great time, right, Dean? Yes. <laughs> I actually haven't played the others, but I I have had my eyes on this game by Shim Phillips called Architects of the West Kingdom. Um, I skipped over some of the other ones, actually, and just because I've heard so many good things about Architects. Yeah. And so it showed up on my Christmas list, <laughs> and uh, I got a chance to play it. And I think we should just start talking about it and dive right in. What do you think, Mr. Yes, Dean? Yes, I think we should. We can talk, talk, talk about <laughs> hey, it. Hey, let's talk about the art and components. Yes. Well, do you want to go first? You yeah, want to go? yeah, I will. The cool. art is amazing. I'll go ahead and mm -hmm. say that. But if you have seen a box cover to this, you know that it is amazing. Uh, as is all of the games that I've seen by Garpill Games. Yeah. Um, uh, even even the ones that I'm not interested in, I, I've liked the artwork. But especially in these, um, I don't. I, I know the first ones were like the Rune Rune Saga series or something like that. I um, can't remember. But and, and I don't think this is part of that. But anyway, all of those the the Raiders of the North Sea, the Ark right or the um, shipwrights and the explorers. Have you played all of those or no? No, I've only played Raiders. Okay, yeah, and well, and this, but yeah, I've played yeah. Raiders and that's it. But the artwork is amazing. And the components are are really good too. Um, there's, they're they're exactly what they they could be worse. I'll say that. Like you could just use cubes for the resources, but they didn't. You know, they use yeah, I love these these shaped yeah. meeples. The twigs um, look good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all I think it's all really good. I, I really do. The only complaint I have is in Raiders they give you the nice coins. In Architects, it's cardboard cutouts. You had to 
kickstart or something to do the better version you can actually get the get, coins you, i know but you have they're 20 dollars on oh, amazon wow. okay yeah well okay <laughs> i'll be i mean maybe that's because they're in low supply and so you know how on amazon the things get jacked up but i sure. saw that and i was like yeah so totally not worth that well maybe you could buy raiders and then just use the coins from that yeah, i but, guess yeah, yeah raiders is cheaper but of course it's been out for longer yeah i'm uh, with you though I, I like the fact that raiders came with the coins in the box i really like that architects would have been nice if they did i that play part. raiders and just Shing, shing my coins like poker chips or something. I just kind of, I just love those. Um, <clears throat> but I agree with you 100%. Uh, the art uh, from the first time I saw Raiders um, till obviously this this um, Architects box and everything is, the art is, is really cool. It's got this kind of comic look, but it's, I, I don't know, man. I love like the hard lines that they draw on people's faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's not so rounded off and th- like what, whoever, uh, who's the artist? Uh, oh, I see the, I see it. And I'm going to completely butcher that name. Can I, can I toss you've already, that? You've already started into this. Can I this, toss you know, that back to you? I think I can try it out. So Mihalo. Yeah, that's how I think I was. Dmitrievsky, I think. That was pretty good, um, I think. It was probably totally wrong, but I think it was good. If I butchered your name, I'm sorry. However, your art is amazing. Amazing. And really I know you're amazing. listening to our episode. I know. There's no doubt about it. Probably not. But um, if somebody knows him, tell him his art's amazing. It's really Encourage him. good. He needs and, to be on my encouragement list. And you were right about the components and everything. I mean, like, the only minor beef I had was I would love to have the other coins. But guess what? The cardboard coins are nice and they're thick and yeah. they're good. If it was any other game and I hadn't seen those, I would be totally satisfied. Yeah, the truth is, if Raiders didn't have it, it wouldn't even be a, a consideration. It wouldn't be. So, uh, two thumbs up for me on the art and the components. Yep. yep. So, you want to talk about that gameplay? Yes. Let's talk about some pieces of the gameplay. So, one of the things I really like about it is that it plays fast. Uh, a two-player game, you can play in. You can play in an hour, and if things go well enough, if you're building buildings and uh, the cathedral up fast enough, you could probably play this in, I would say, in under an hour in two players. Easily. Yeah. I think that yeah. I've played it in like 40 or 45 minutes. <clears throat> but I will say that there's a, a con to that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wait. Yeah. Well, no, I was actually going to – we can go ahead and say that because that, that okay. was actually – the start of that was – that it plays really fast, but the con of that is that maybe it's <laughs> for me maybe it's a little, a little too, too fast. fast. You know, there's there's a lot that you want to do. There's you know building cards that you have in your hand that you won't get to build because the cost of the buildings can be pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, even for the cheaper buildings, they can be it can be difficult to get the resources for those. And so I would actually like it to play out a little bit longer. I mean, I guess you could house rule it and just, you know, add another you could, level of the cathedral or something like that if you wanted to, or I don't know. You know where you're putting in the guilds and build, yeah, and building yeah. the cathedrals, you could just, for a two-player game, add the thir- three-player. Yeah. I think I would do that next time. Because I do, I, I felt like it played pretty quick. Now, um, it also depends on how the game is being played. I think Dean and I experienced this with a couple playthroughs against each other, um, was that... And this is here comes one of my only cons. I really enjoy this game, but I'm and so I don't want you to think that I, I I'm thinking negatively. Yeah, no spoiler. <laughs> but I don't want you to think. But but since we've kind of gone down this discussion path about building fast, I feel like in this game you can take this path to build a whole lot of fairly cheap buildings and take all the spaces, and your opponents can't quite do it as fast. If if until they if you can do it before they adjust. The game's over quick, yeah. And I, it it feel it makes me feel like I want more. Yeah, that was yeah. our first game. Yep, I built them real quick because I'd played it and I knew that you could do that to win. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, 
It was fast. It was very fast. Very fast. Now, the second game we played, I got trounced, but had way more fun playing it. Um, but I do think that we also... So there's a piece to the game that I love, and that is... Um, you're, all right, so you're placing out your workers, and... Again, this is an interesting worker placement like little mechanic is you've got workers going all over the board. You've got 20 workers you start off with. And for example, if you're at the quarry and you have two workers there and you place a third, then you're going to get three um, stones or whatever. The next time, if you want to go back to the quarry and place a fourth, you'll get four and they stay on there. But what's interesting is your opponents at any time can go, if they have one coin, go to the town center, I believe, and capture uh, all of one color mm-hmm. on a spot. Or if you're playing two players, you're able to take two spots and they actually take your workers and put them on your mat. And I think that is so cool because it leaves this dynamic where you're going, should I take another quarry Why I can get a lot of stone? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. should I, because, oh man, because he may capture me, so, um, or she may capture me, so maybe I sh- shouldn't go for for the, the, the slumber or whatever at this moment. Maybe I, let me go ahead and get four while I can do it. Yeah. But... What I like about that too, though, is it, it it leaves that dynamic, and again, that's kind of where I'm going at is that 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 capturing other people's players. You put them on your mat; they have to pay money to get them back unless you send them to jail. We did that a lot in the second game, and it yeah. slowed it way down. Yeah, yeah, but in a in a good way because I, you know, we we were more thoughtful about how that played out. Yeah, you know, we were thoughtful about getting the other workers off the board um, to to prevent them from getting a glut of resources, which. For me, that second game that we played, the the uh, what is it, the silversmith spot, mm-hmm. I went hard for that because I had a character that starts off with no money, and so I needed to have money, and so I went hard at that for the first. Uh, I th- I think I actually got five. I know I should workers out. I should not have let you have it that long. And then I I didn't have a problem with money the entire game after that. Um, I just I didn't have. I don't think I went to the silversmith at all after that because yeah. I didn't I didn't need to. And so, but you have to think about that. You really have to think about what the other players are doing. You can't just play your own game, which I think is fun. You know, I yeah. think that's really good. Yeah, there's there's definitely player interaction in this because I mean there's a lot of worker placement games that have very minimal and and some and I like that a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And, and some people don't like. There's definitely a take that nature to this game. I wouldn't say it's like way in your face. You can capture their workers, but they can always get them back. Or if you put them in jail, you actually get money to put yeah. them in jail. So if I had yeah. six of Dean's workers on my board, I put them in jail. I get six coins. Well, that allows him to just basically put one worker on where the prison is i don't remember what that spot is called but for free he gets his workers back so it doesn't feel all that bad and in this game you have to take that yeah so i've got to take yours you've got to take mine so maybe the first time you play you're like why did you do that but you have to do it so it doesn't feel like a super aggressive game it didn't to me did it to 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 me either but i would say if you have a hard time with that you know the uh i would take that it's not really take that it's just high player interaction in a euro game some people really don't like that and so i think if you're one of those people uh and you know if you're somebody who's gonna get your feelings hurt yeah you probably won't like this game because you have to do that in order to play this well yeah there's no way you can't let dean get five coins all the time or six coins or you will lose the game yeah you know i love when you start off the game you have 20 workers 
and you're just you're just putting workers out on I the know. board, and, and you're it's like, so I can do fast. everything. Yes, and it feels so cool. But then, as they get out on the board, you know, you get you know two or three workers. You have to start making the deci- this decision: like, do I want to try to gather some of these back, or you know, yeah. how, what what am I going to do? Because your choices are a lot more. They're meaningful the entire game, but they seem really meaningful when you only have two or three workers, which I think is interesting. I think that's kind of cool. No, it's, it is very interesting because you can not only capture other people's players, but you can capture your own and get yeah. them back. And you're going to have to probably at some point, unless the other players capturing yours and continuing to send them to jail and you're getting them out quick or whatever. But for the most part, there's probably a time or two in the game you're going to have to do that. I think it almost feels like two different phases in the game, like go out and, and, cut and get as many resources as you can. And then you have to start making a lot more, as you said said um tougher decisions based on oh man i've only got three workers if i place it here i i screwed up at one or two points in the game because i didn't have enough and i had to take a whole turn to pick up a worker and that just was yeah. not good <laughs> you never want to do that no, I didn't sometimes think I had, it makes sense to do that i made a mistake like i thought i was being real strategic and it yeah. <laughs> blew up in my face yes yeah and that happens but there's that push your luck aspect of are they going to put my guys in jail you there know is. like you said but uh, which I think is kind of interesting because you you're looking at the other person thinking, okay, they've got two workers left. If I put them in jail, they're going to grab them back, but I can get some, you know, I can get some money. Like, who's exactly go what first? you just said. But you're really sitting there. Who's yeah. going to go? Especially in a two-player uh-huh. game, you're thinking who's going to go first. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about that was one of my favorite parts of the game was the absolute just um, how it is just amazingly thematic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in this game, like you can basically take on the role of being very, vir- there's a virtue track and the more virtuous you are at the end of the game, you are going to get more victory points. <laughs> if the more evil, I guess you are, you're going to lose victory points. However, um, if you take that more uh, unvirtuous path, you may get bonuses in the game, like not have you skimp on your taxes. So I think mm-hmm. it's so thematic. Like, and also like if you get if you're not as virtuous, at some point you're not allowed to build in the cathedral, yeah, because you're not holy enough. You know, <laughs> if on the other hand you're very virtuous, at some point you can't go to the black market. Uh-huh. Um, because you're too virtuous to go to the black market. So cool. Yeah, that is really neat. And I, the the tough part is I I tended to go the virtuous route. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some sometimes I was playing in one game the the player Ada I think is what her name yeah, was. Yeah. And it she starts really, out really high. Right? You really lend yourself to go the virtuous route. You like you you're not going to play well I think if you go if you are, just start going to the black market and doing all yeah. that. And so I didn't. I didn't go to the black market the entire game. Um, the problem with that is you're not going to get the good the good resources. The yeah. black market can be really nice, especially getting marble, which yeah. is the hardest resource to get. Yeah, because the only other place to get marble is if you trade in other you resources. You have to trade three resources for one marble. And yeah, and that's uh, it's it's difficult to do that. So especially when you can go to the black market and for three coins lose one virtue, get two marble. A lot of times, not uh-huh. every time, because it depends on what cards being flipped over. But instead of having to go and you gather three resources, go to that. I mean, it's you could stop cut out like th- three or four placements yes uh-huh yeah now okay what what do you what do you think about the uh, i mentioned this earlier kind of the glut of of resources since you kind of brought that up uh, i like that you can go to the i think it's called the king storehouse and you can trade in three for one mm-hmm. but i tended to end up and this is just bad play especially my first game i ended up with a lot of brick you can't do anything with brick except build things. Uh, I think. No, uh, you can trade. Uh, you can pr- trade brick in for virtue. 
Oh, right, right. That's in right. the King's right. Storehouse. And, and actually, you can do that for even cheaper if you get the right character card. If that's right. Yeah. Um, however, I ended up with a lot of brick that I didn't need because my virtue was so high. Like, I didn't have mm, to pay that. You were really interested in Right. Virtue. So if I went to the King's Storehouse, for me, it was because I wanted to try to get marble. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I, I do think that you can get, once you get some workers, you know, if you get three or four workers out on one space... And you're getting a ton of those yeah. resources. Of course, you can take gold from that. That's spot. what I was going to say. You can take gold from that spot, right? So, I mean, there's there's definitely some benefits of that. But I found myself, I would have so many resources of one type. Like I might have a ton of stone. I might have a ton of uh, of brick, um, even gold. That time, I had I had a decent amount of gold. But it was really difficult for me to get wood because every time I would go there, I oh, found myself you, you I taking take my dudes. And that that is the piece, like because you're as an opponent, you're trying to figure out capture. Like if I see that Dean has a lot of clay or whatever, then I'm not, I'm going to leave his workers there because I'm like eh. Right. Or if he has a lot of clay and gold, it actually shares a spot. I'll take him from the places that's going to hurt him the most because I know he's trying to get lumber wood and stone and so when i see him get two or three i'm like i'm gonna snatch him up and that can be really irritating actually if your opponent continues to <laughs> right to right. do that to yeah. you and, and it could take a while um to get some of those resources but um i don't know i i, I really like that i, I also want to um because i we're probably winding down a little bit here but yeah we want to talk about like so when you first play this game, um, you're using character mats, and there's really everyone's the same. But there's a, a second side to the mat, and that actually gives you like certain bonuses for being different players. It also starts you off in different positions on the virtue track. You can even start with your workers in prison. Um, and so Dean and I had a really fun game. Again, I lost miserably. Where he picked Ada, who is, I think, the most virtuous. I think player that's right. Board. She starts off at an eleven. I think and I was. picked Caroline, who is the least virtuous, who starts at five. I <laughs> yeah, think with okay. like eight workers in prison. So we're on a scale of zero. Wait, no, it's negative. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Wait, is it zero to fourteen? 14, yeah. yeah, yeah, zero to fourteen. So when I, when he's at eleven and I'm down to five. And you're getting, you don't get extra victory points for being evil. Right. Um, I, I, I'll say this. I loved playing Caroline, though I got thwacked because I kind of just took on that evil, I guess, role <laughs> where I was like, I'm going to the black market. I'm going to the tax stand and taking money. And man, oh man, I got walloped. But I had fun doing it. There was at one point where Dean was literally at the very top of the virtue track. And I was literally at the very bottom of the virtue track. <laughs> but I think this might be a con for you a little bit, right? Do you think that it's too weighted potentially? Or maybe I just played the character poorly. I don't know. I don't. I can't make that call. I, I will say this. If you're going to play the first time, do not do that Caroline Ada combination. No. You know, Don't have those two players playing the same game. In fact, on the first game, I would really recommend not using the character powers. Yeah. Because there is a decent amount to think about and know like how things, how that prison mechanic works. Yeah. I think is is um, it, it's something That's you have to the have most a handle complicated on. Part to teach somebody. Yeah, I think so. But also knowing how to play to your player's strength. Yeah, it it might not be that intuitive if you're playing with those characters. Yeah. So I would say don't do that. It didn't bother me, but if I mean it didn't bother me in that game because we had already played it and. Uh, I'm okay losing, and so although I did win that game, but even if I played as Caroline, I would have been okay because it's interesting to explore. It was that. fun. 
But it can really sour somebody's first play. If that's their first probably, play, could. you could get absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And and that's just, uh, I would say, almost definitely, if you're playing as Caroline against Ada in your first game with somebody you'll else, lose. you will lose, I yeah. think. You know, I'll say this. I've played the game uh, a decent amount of times now. My wife and I have played it several times and all this kind of stuff. I... I think that the game, yeah, that game, last game I played against you was the first game I lost. Oh, really? And it was my favorite game <laughs> because I I like role playing and I like to feel like even even the virtuous like um like most of the games I had kind of stayed in the middle and yeah. built buildings pretty quickly and it helped me to to win the games. So even going the high virtue track, that would be fun to attempt that as well. Uh-huh. Like just yeah. kind of taking on a role of this is who I am and this is my character. <laughs> um, I had a really good blast doing yeah. that. The good thing about having playing with the character abilities is that it does help you to focus on something. You know, for you, focusing on the black market made the yeah. most sense. For me, tax stand, all right? That. Focusing on um, building in general, but but specifically building in the in the cathedral was something that was really beneficial for me. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like. I like the character cards. I think they're really cool how they add the special abilities. Yeah, I tend to, once that. I got those symbols, not focus on the character cards as much as I did the building. Mm. Again, that's not a flaw. It's no. just it was an interesting um, observation. Interesting. There's also characters that you'll get that'll help you um, make it cheaper to trade things in the storehouse or yeah. give you extra yeah. clay or whatever. But then you kind of use it at the beginning, and then you have plenty of it. So you're like, eh. you focus on buildings, which yeah. I think is that's the engine building. I mean, that's you know, yeah. you have to build. You you have to be able to get those points from the buildings, get the resources, build a building. So yeah, that, yeah, that's it's not a it's not a negative. It was just an observation. So anyway, let's get to the final uh, our final thoughts and review. Do you want to do it this week? I'll go. All right, I'll go. Do it um, Really enjoyed this game. Uh, I actually will say, though I haven't played uh, the other North Sea games or whatever, and um, I've played Raiders, uh, I did like Architects better than Raiders, for anyone who's played Raiders out there. I really do like the Ra- I do really like Raiders of the North Sea. It's just, um, this has a, a lot more choices to, that, that, that you can make. I like the capturing the workers um, mechanic in the game, sending them to prison. Uh, and, and again, I just, I just, I, I don't know. I, just overall, there's definitely more uh, tougher decisions in this game to make than in Raiders. Sometimes Raiders, yeah. I feel like it's just, it's an easy game to teach people, and you just kind of fly through and pillage yeah. as much as you can, and you know, and whatever. Um, uh, with that being said, it's it's a really really good game. Um, I'm gonna just give it. I'm gonna give this eight out of ten meeples. Yeah. Uh, I, I I thought it was really good. Um, I'll even say this, uh, a few episodes again, I gave uh, Dulasaur 8 out of 10. If I was to pick, I would definitely pick this. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just going to be, I just want people to kind of know where I'm falling on games a little bit better. Um, and so I just want you to know exactly where I, where I stand, even though that I had rated them the same. I actually might have rated that a little too high, Dulasaur, but um, I don't want to go there. But I just want to say this was a really good game. This is a very um, solid 8 out of 10, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you like worker placement games, uh, if you've liked any of the other um, Shim Phillips games, you've and you haven't played this, you absolutely should play it. It was really fun. Yeah. Fair or not um, to compare these two games, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if it's it's a fair comparison. They are both worker placements, and they're both by uh, Shem Phillips, Garfield Games, and and then I'm assuming, yeah, the same, and, and the then same Renegade artist. Games as well. Yeah, right. Um, 
so I don't know if that's a fair comparison because they are pretty different, but they're going to get compared anyway. They're, they're going just, to, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have it, they all look so similar and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, uh, I I own Raiders and all the stuff. I own all the expansions and everything for that, and I really I I enjoy Raiders. I enjoy this a little bit more, like you said. I think. Uh, I th- the thing that I like more about this is that Raiders, like you said, it is it's more linear, right? Like you're gonna pillage, you're you're gonna get resources and pillage, and there and you know with the expansions, there's other things to go along with that. Yeah, I've just played have, that one expansion. Yeah, you have to think about your crew and all that, um, but it's not a bad game and by any stretch. I really enjoy. No, it. and my and I don't. This isn't a Raiders thing, but I do feel like people who jump out to the lead in that game, it's difficult to come back. Sure. In Raiders, yeah, I feel like this there's de- there's more paths. To victory because you've got the cathedral. Uh-huh. You have you can do your buildings. You can go up the virtue track yep. to get. And I know there's different paths in raiders, but I do feel like uh, it's kind of a resource grab in that game, and it's just tough to get re- more tough tougher to get resources there. Where here you have all these different places you can put your workers. But continue, sorry. Yeah, but that, that's exactly the point I was going to make. You know that that it is it's more linear in raiders. This is more open. There's there's more paths, like you said. So for me, uh, I won't give a Raiders rating because we're not doing that. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll rate this slightly lower than you. I'm going to give it a 7.5, um, and that is good. You know, it's a good game. I'm usually willing to play. It, it, an 8 is that it's a very good game. I, I like to play. I'll probably suggest it and never turn, never turn down a game. Mm-hmm. I probably would turn down a game, but I would turn down a game of Raiders too, Um but it's 7.5 is really good yeah. in, in my book. I think that this is a really fun game, one that you can play quickly, especially with two players. You can you can knock it out in no time. So it's, it's fun with two players. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It is. So um, so anyway, that's a 7.5 for me on Architects. And then John's going to give it an 8. Yeah. Now we're gonna... And I wouldn't turn down a game of it, by the way. I think it, I really enjoy it, at least okay. right now. So that's... Perfect ratings. We got them. Hey, we didn't. We didn't give the same rating. That's game. true. That's Score. True. And we actually we didn't, didn't last week. We didn't really either. talk about that. Two we didn't talk ago. about our final ratings at all. So that was uh, kind of a fluke that that happened. But yeah. Score. Anyway, seven and a half. Dean eight. John. <laughs> That's our ratings for Architect. Let's go on to our games that we want to play in 2019. So it is at the start of 2019, and I know a lot of us gamers are thinking about what games are going to be coming out this year. And so we thought it'd be fun yes, to do a top five list of games that we're looking forward to in 2019. I'll say one of the things that was hard for me to do this list is I know that there's going to be games that come out later in the year. So many games. That we have no idea, you know, that aren't even listed. You know, Fantasy yeah. Flight doesn't really even announce their games until Gen Con. Mm. But I know one of their games is going to be something I'll be interested in. Yeah. You know, um, and more games at Gen Con that will be announced and, and Essen. And so, like, there's a lot of stuff that is unknown. Yeah. Um, but there's a ton of games that we could have picked, too. So, I don't, I don't know. But this is... Yeah. This is it's difficult for me. It was anyway. very difficult. And not only that, but there were some games that I'm interested in. Maybe I should have added to them the list, but they, there's so little information about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I know who the designer is, so that in, that makes me interested. But besides that, I'm like, ugh, I can't hardly find anything else about it. Even so much to I go, will it come out in 2019 for sure? So I tended to lean towards, I kicked a few out that I just, there was very little information. Um, I tend to lean towards some of the games that we know a, at least a little bit. 
yeah. more about for this. But it, it's, it's overwhelming how many choices there are. And like you said, Dean, um, even though this is my top five right now in January, um, I guarantee you in a few months it would look probably it might look totally different. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we find out what more you know, some of these other games are, because there are definitely designers that I'm waiting to see what they're coming out with next, uh-huh. you know, this year, and I just we don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Days yeah. of Wonder is another one that they won't announce their one game a year until later on in the year. Yeah. So, yeah. well, let's go ahead and jump into it though, John. I'm gonna since I am the one that's starting this segment off, I'm gonna make you start off the that list. That is fine. All right, so my number five um, <clears throat> is a game that. I when I when I looked at the art and uh, that's not actually what drew me in. The drew drew me in was the designer um, Simone Luciani. Um, but when I looked at the art, it had this kind of like Great Gatsby looking like nineteen twenties or something kind of theme. It's, that's kind of cool. Um, but um, it is called Barrage. And if you don't know um, Simone, he has done. Zulkin, which I love Zulkin. I think that game is so good. He's also done The Voyages of Marco Polo, Grand Austria Hotel, uh, a game that I really want to play, Newton. That I, that's if I could if I could like go 2018, what game do I really wish I would have played? That would maybe <laughs> be it. I've heard some really good things about Newton. Um, but anyways, he's done a ton of great games and uh, he's got this new game called Barrage out and <clears throat> Actually, even though I say that I kind of like the, uh, and I do like that kind of like Great Gatsby look, I will say the theme didn't really uh, totally grip me in it. And that's just me. It's like it's Industrial Revolution, um, 1930s dystopian theme, which I like dystopian themes, actually. But I don't know. uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. It's just not my favorite. But, um, man, you are um, building these, you're doing these hydroelectric plants and you have these companies and you're trying to pull the hydroelectric energy um, for your company and you're trying to produce as much energy as possible. Um, The reason that this is number five instead of higher is, from my understanding, it's a pretty heavy game. Uh, So I just don't know if I will, and, and I'm fine with that, I just don't know how many plays I would, you know, get in of it. But it's got like a little wheel thing with your resources that's kind of reminiscent of Zulkin, which I, you know, which I like. Um, so that kind of drew me in as well. But mainly it's the designer. Um, and I do think the theme is, is, is fairly interesting. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to keep belaboring that. I'm just interested in seeing playing barrage and seeing what it's all about. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that as well. The box cover looks really cool. I it think. does. It's, it's got a neat little... Uh, conductor on there um, but I guess that's what that is it's yeah just from designer pedigree that's something that I'm interested in as well that's a lot of really good games that you just listed Dude, a lot of really good games yeah. and I, I read where a couple people were saying that the heaviness isn't necessarily mechanically it's more like in the amount of decisions that you have to make okay. um, I did watch Rado do a prototype run through and it looked like there were a lot of things going on during the game but again that was my first time I've seen it sometimes it just takes a couple watches to let everything sink in and then you're like okay that's not too bad um, but that's I'm interested in it but again that's why it's number five is because it looks like it's um, fairly heavy, and I'd be afraid that I couldn't find as many people to play that as some other games. Yeah, and you ain't so, gotta be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. What's your number five, Dean? My number five is probably a bit lighter than Barrage is, but <laughs> it is actually two games. It's the Adventure Games. These are by Cosmos, and 
The designers are Matthew Dunstan and Phil Walker Harding, and these are kind of in the vein of escape games, hmm. um, but they're adventure games, and so they're more focused on the storytelling aspect of these. There's not the the timer. Um, my understanding is you don't have the same timer as you do in like the escape games. Gotcha. So it's more story. Right. Right. It's 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 really focused on the story and and. Every title, I think, has three chapters, and they each take a little over an hour to play, which I think is really neat. And with the Cosmos Exit games, once you played, you were done. You couldn't play them anymore. Like, you actually tear up cards and things like that, so you're done, done. With this, you can, like the Unlock series, I guess, you can can play them, but then also pass them along. You're not going to want to play them over and over again because it's the same story, from my understanding. But that really intrigues me because I like those escape games, but also because of the designers. Uh, Matthew Dunstan is, if I would have made a list of top tens, he would have had at least three games in that top ten. Wow. Yeah, because he's got a lot of good stuff coming out in 2019. I'll talk about that after we we talk about our honorable mentions. But then... Uh, and then Phil Walker Harding has done some some games that I really enjoy as mm-hmm. well. So I'm, yeah, Dean I'm and I were talking about this. talking a little bit about this. Isn't a Phil Walker Harding thing, but I um, I'm intrigued by it a little bit. Like I think Phil Phil does a lot of good games, but I've never gone yet. I'm trying to think, and I don't. I hope I'm not misspeaking. I've never been like, yes, I love that game. Right. But they're all good. I mean, they're all pretty fun. Like you know what I mean. So that's why I like it. it for me, it, it, I'm 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 interested in it, but I, I that's one I'm definitely gonna let you buy. <laughs> okay, All right. I'm sure they'll be cheap too, which it'll be that'll, that'll be nice. I'm assuming since yeah. they're you know small box, one time games. So, yep, that's my number five, the adventure games. Alrighty, I'm gonna go for my number four. That is the number that would be after five, or <laughs> if we're gonna do a a, a uh, top five um, countdown. Countdown was the word I was looking for, Dean. That is my number four is Tainted Grail. The Fall of Avalon. Yeah. Now, this game is making a humongous splash. Um, I was looking here on the Kickstarter, and uh, their goal was like 40,000 pounds or something, and it's like 5 million almost. Wow. <laughs> they have absolutely crushed it. Um and I actually, what's really interesting, and this is an Awakened Realms game, by the way, but what was interesting to me about this is I had a friend of mine who doesn't even play, I mean, he plays, he comes and plays board games at, at our house, not all that regularly, and actually, I mean, he doesn't really have any either, but he sent me this game, I mean, I had heard about it before, but he sent me a text and was like, dude, we've got to try this. Oh, wow. Uh, and I think it's because we've been talking about playing more with him, um, like role-playing games. And different things like that. We've talked about getting more into D&D and some other stuff. Because we haven't generally gone that direction. Um, But if you don't know what Tainted Grail is, it is definitely like a role-playing game. It's interesting because you start off and the world map is made out of cards. But you only have a few cards on the board based on these characters that... I can't remember what they're called, but they're like light characters that illuminate the world and they have a timer on them so even as you're playing in your marching north south east or west um you can as time goes on you're actually going to expand the map but then the lights can go out 
on where those creatures are. And so you're like going through and you've got this big, thick explorer handbook. The, the miniatures look really cool. They look like they're super solid. And so, again, just because I'd like to get a little bit more deeper into some of this role-playing stuff, uh, I don't think this is a heavy game at all, actually. I, I, I think on Board Game Geek, and I know it's not really been out uh it's not even out but so i don't know how accurate like the weights are at this point in time but it definitely it was like 2.6 or something like that so that's pretty simple um i would say Um, but anyways i'm interested in this one yeah i am too i stared at this game a long time on kickstarter and (laughs) and then eventually i talked myself down like whoa buddy you there's too many of these type of games that i want to play that's true and so um part of the reason that this didn't make my list is because i knew more than likely I would not play this game in 2019. So, gotcha. But it's one that if it comes out, I am I really would love to try. I think it'd be really cool. The minis look amazing. It, and I the gameplay looks cool too. I haven't backed it because I just... Um, maybe it's my fiscal conserv- conservative nature. I don't just... I mean, it's about 90 US dollars, I think. So like... Unless I know, unless I've played it before, I generally just don't spend $100 on a game. Right. You know, right. that's just, that's just me. Um, but man, it looks... It definitely looks cool when I have my buddies who don't even play games that much texting me about wanting to play. <laughs> that definitely intrigues me quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, my number four is Detective City of Angels. And mm-hmm. this is by Evan Derrick, is the designer, and the publisher is Van Ryder Games. So I've got a couple reasons for being interested in this game. One, my wife and I enjoyed Detective. And this is that same style of game. You we enjoyed about that, that quite a bit, didn't you? My wife, yeah, I did. I think she enjoyed it more than I did, but I, I, but I did really enjoy it. I think this might even be a game that we enjoy more potentially. Cool. It takes less time, which is always a good thing for you know playing on a, a school night, a work night. And yes. I, I think the story is going to be really cool. I, I watched a, a Rado video of this, and and he really talked it up, really loved it. The it takes place in like 1940s Los Angeles, and it's uh, um, most players. It says that most players step into the shoes of LAPD homicide detectives, hungry for glory and willing to do whatever it takes to successfully close a case. Um, and then one player is going to be the chisel, and that their their goal is to um, you know throw the the detectives off. And um, hmm. so it's that it's that one versus many. I don't. That's the thing that kind of holds me back from this. Really, I'm not being, a big one versus. I, I'm not a one versus many fan generally. I am, but I don't know. I don't know what this would play like at two players. Mm. Uh, I think it might be one that we would rather play with a bigger group. Yeah. But I don't know if we'd get a bigger group to be able to play this one. I don't know. So I'm interested in it. Van Ryder Games. I I've enjoyed the games that I've played of theirs. They're local guys too, and so I'm actually hoping. That at Tennessee Game Days, when I go there in March, I'm hoping to get a play of this then. There you go. Uh, even just a demo play. They're definitely it. listening right now. <laughs> as we say all the time. Maybe not. Maybe not. But but um, <laughs> but I've enjoyed the things that they put out. And uh, and they always have a, a big presence there because it's, it's local for them as well. So that's Detective City of Angels. Sweet. My number three is a Stonemeyer Games game. And let me just say, I love Stonemeyer Games. Uh, and that is... Oh, I was trying to whistle. I totally blew it. That was even that was bad too. It sounded like a siren bird. Maybe Wingspan. I can, I can insert a bird noise there. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's that's what we. That's hey, just do that to make me sound better. Um, yeah, wingspan. And what's really 
interesting is Dean just got this on his porch yesterday, <laughs> and he's coming over tonight. We're going to eat nachos and play Wingspan. Yes, we are. <laughs> and that game is literally sitting right in front of us right now. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this one, too. Yeah, I've, I've been eyeing this um, for a while, actually. And, you know, uh, the art looks really great, too, by the way. Like, I'm, like you've got it sitting in front of you. The, the, board, the box is just pretty yeah. <laughs> i can use that but for me what drew me to it was it's just a, it's, it's not just it's a stonemeyer game i'm usually interested in that but when i started looking um i watched uh, the watch it played um run through of this game uh and it looked like there's a lot of different like you're putting birds basically like in your tableau but you're getting eggs and resources and stuff to feed the birds the birds can have birds under them right and um but they also have different types of habitats yeah. like i think there's three rows maybe and so it, it just looks like there's a lot of cool combo action maybe that you've got going on um because there's bonuses on different cards and different things like that dean actually probably knows more about this than i do he's going to teach it to me tonight because i've just <laughs> seen one I'm teaching i've just seen one um instructional video and i was doing some other stuff while i watched it so i i don't know it that well but yeah what i saw of it looked really interesting if i didn't already have this in my possession this would for sure be on my list uh i i'm really excited about playing this one i i'm drawn to the theme too i used to be mm. i used to be into bird watching back in the day and so i'm i'm just i'm fascinated by that and and i know that uh, jamie stegmeyer has been really talking this up uh, the the designer I think might be new maybe it's her first game, um, but it's Elizabeth getting a lot of Hargrave. Yeah, it's getting a lot of buzz, and I think uh, I think it, people are really excited about what she's going to bring because this is getting so many really really positive reviews. So the artists are Nana Mar- Anna <laughs> Anna Marie Martinez, um, Haramillo, uh, Natalia Rojas, Beth Sorbe- Sorbel. Sobel. I love that all women made this. Yeah, game. That is, yeah. That actually makes me like it even more. Like, yeah, score. absolutely. That's so cool. Uh, man, and on top of that, it has a birdhouse dice tower. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. I've not put that together yet, but I'm really excited to see what that looks like. So. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, that is my number three. Uh, yes, my number three, Wingspan. <laughs> all right. My number three is a, a reprint of sorts. Not really. It's actually a remaking of an older game, and that is Glenmore 2 Chronicles. Mm. Now, okay, I purposefully, when I was making my list, I, I had several reprints that I wanted to put on my on my list that I've that aren't really available, but you can get them now, uh, like a Snowdonius, you know, games like that. Yeah. But I, but I purposefully didn't. Now, I, allow, I allowed myself to put Glenmore 2 because it actually is a remaking of Glenmore 1. And I will say I am a little disappointed that f- from what I've read, you will not be able to get a copy of Glenmore 1 through this Kickstarter campaign that they do. Oh, really? That makes me sad. Okay, I own <clears throat> this game. I did. And I got rid of it because my wife didn't really care for it as much. She thought it was okay. It happens. I liked it quite a bit, but I knew that I probably wouldn't get it played at the time. I think I could probably get more plays of it now. So I would like to find that game again, the the, the English edition. I think the German version is still um, available. I think you can still find it, but the Rio Grande version is impossible, impossible. to find. Mm-hmm. But in Glenmore 2, it's um, different. So I guess what I've read is that they've taken like 
parts of the game, like the Rondell part of the game, it's still present, and like the main core of it is present. But then it's the Chronicles piece. I think is like some sort of a, a campaign idea. I think that's cool. Um, I don't. I don't know enough about this. I do know that once I see more coming out, like if if I think it's going to be kickstarted. When that happens, I'll really look into this, and I could see myself back in this. Uh, because, again, I did enjoy Glenn Moore, but I wish that the first version was still available. Gotcha. But anyway, I, I, I'll look forward to this. This is uh, Glenn Moore, yeah. too. I, I didn't mention this is by Matthias Kramer, and it's going to be published by Fun Tales. And if I, if my thought, if my memory serves me correct, this is their first game. Um, cool. And so, yeah. Anyway, that is Glenmore 2. Good. That's um, thus far the one I am most excited about on your list. I really am excited about that, and I do hope that you back it so that you and I can play it. <laughs> yes. And if you don't, I actually might consider that. It looks pretty pretty neat. Yeah. So my number two is a game that I think it's my most risky on the list. Like, on my list, like, there's ones that I, I just really think it's going to be great. This one just intrigued me a whole lot, um, but I could see myself not liking it for some for several reasons but i went ahead and put it on number two because it's just an interesting theme and also the designers um dominique mucha and marcine wistall it's their first game oh cool and it is glory a game of knights yeah and you know uh and actually i don't know how Man, there's not a, lot, a ton and ton of information about it but i saw that board game geek that had a um a video Introduction. I can't remember which conference that was at, and I watched the whole one. And um, but on board game geek, it's rated eight point two. Thirty eight people have rated it, so I guess they are getting some plays out at cons and stuff like that. And people are getting a chance to play it. That's not a whole lot of ratings, but that's really high for the few that have rated have rated it. But in this game, you're you're knights and you're jousting. And what's cool about it is it's to me it looks like a combination between like a Euro game and an Ameritrash game because at the beginning of the game you're doing this worker placement stuff so that you can build up your knight. Whether you may be upgrading your knight, you may be getting money, you know, to do upgrades. There's just a, a lot of different things that you can um that, that you can go do with, with kind of like the worker placement piece. You can get extra dice to roll to mitigate um, uh, to mitigate your dice rolls during jousting, quest cards, and different things like that. Um, Rerolls. And um, so you're doing that, and you can also seed in the tournament. And so after you're done with the worker placement, you're going to have two jousting tournaments. And which is interesting because you're going to get all these dice. And I'll say this. This is why I feel like it's the most risky for me. Is sometimes I don't love games that you're rolling dice and it's going to determine if you roll really great, you're going to win. If you roll really bad, you're just going to lose no matter what decisions you make. I get nervous about that. But I feel like from what I've seen in this game, there's a lot of good dice mitigation. Like you can get re-rolls. Um, you can obviously get more dice to help you with your rolls. A lot of different things like that. That will hopefully help. But you're going to seed in the tournament, and there's a jousting tournament that begins, and then there's a second tournament. But from my understanding, and please forgive me if I'm wrong, you get all these dice, and you own, and you get to choose, like, uh, you have a certain amount of re-rolls and stuff, but you have to um, use whatever you've gotten in that first phase for both tournaments. So you're playing the first tournament, and you're like, oh, should I try to win this? 
or should I wait and save some more dice to win this second tournament down here? And I think the second one may be more important. I could be wrong. So you're really making a lot of decisions about which dice to keep. Should I keep my re-rolls for this tournament? Should I use them for the next tournament? And all that kind of stuff. And that's based off of this pretty cool looking like worker placement at the beginning. Jousting is cool too. That's interesting. Yeah. This is one that doesn't capture me, mm-hmm. I guess. But it does make me think. I, I would love to see a game that is like Western Legends with with knights you know like this yeah. medieval setting like but it's you know like a uh, a sandboxy game where you can do whatever you want because it's this game sounds intriguing other than the fact that it's just jousting for me i think it would be cool if like they had other and maybe they do maybe i'm i just don't know enough about it but if they had like other things that they could do like go out and you know slay dragons and stuff i think like you're that. pretty much and i could be wrong preparing for the jousting tournaments uh that you're going to be taking so Okay. But for some reason, I don't really know why. I'm. I think it's. I just. In, I'm interested in it, and I'm kind of weird. Um, I wouldn't say weird. I'm surprised that I'm interested in in that theme. But it's really got me intrigued. Okay. Cool. Cool for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just sounded like you poo pooed on. No, no, no. I don't mean to. I'll, I'll definitely try Dude, this. I'm but... kidding. You're allowed to like what you like, and I'm allowed to like what I like. I just I need to see more of it, I guess. For sure. All right, my number two is Reavers of Midgard. Reavers. And a lot of this is just based on the fact that I like Champions of Midgard. So set in the same universe, it's a worker placement. Um, the designer of this is J.B. Howell. <clears throat> Publisher is Gray Fox Games. And I... I kickstarted this. I don't know a lot about it. I just knew that it was going to well, be cool. I think you were allowed to say I really like Champion, so I yep. want to play the new one. And that's exactly why <laughs> I got it. Now, it is, like I said, it is a, it, it, what they say is it's a single worker placement game with elements of set collection, dice combat, and engine building. Um, the, the neat thing is they talk about in Champions of Midgard, you're kind of playing uh, a little bit on the defensive. Like, you're trying to make sure that you're not invaded by these trolls and... Um, the the droggers and then you go out and so you go out on the offense to kill the monsters but in this one it, it's more of like pillaging you know ransacking villages stuff like that so you're very much more on the uh, on the offensive i like this theme i really enjoy the the viking theme so i'm i'm excited about are this. we vikinged out yet or no, no? i'm not cool. i'm not there's still some that i would really like to play but i i tend to agree i know some people say that we are because there's been a lot of viking games yeah but, but it's a pretty cool thing i've <laughs> noticed that some of my favorite games are viking games yep. and so i guess I, I guess i'm not so i'm excited about this just to see if it uh you know if if it is anywhere in the same ballpark as as champions and if it is then i, I think i'll really enjoy it but i'm interested in playing it like <clears throat> i haven't played champions very much but it's kind of my con to champions is <laughs> interesting that I say that, um, that I say that I want to play Reavers because what I don't like about champions is the dice rolling and all that stuff, but you can mitigate it. I just, I probably just played the game very poorly whenever I played. Um, but I am interested in this glory game of knights for whatever reason it is. But I, I, I think that you're right for the reasons that you said. Um, it's not on my list. But um, after Glenmore 2, this would be the second one now I think I'm definitely most interested in. So get that one too, Dean. Yeah, get ready for my number one because I think you're going to be really excited. I'm going to be about excited that. about your number one. <laughs> I am. Ex- you know, your list is it's pretty solid. Bro. It is it's the better solid. list. All right, that was my number two, <laughs> Reavers of Midgard. John, what's your number one? Maybe our next Twitter poll should be who had the better list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, this is a game that I just learned about. Um, and I am super excited about it, though I pr- it may make the least splash when you hear it. It may be like, 
Womp womp. What is that? Um, hopefully not. And that is La Stanza. Womp womp. Dude, <laughs> I like a classic Euro style game. And um, so this drew me right off the rip to it. Um, and in fact, even though I say womp womp, I, when I was on Board Game Geek, it actually, they just started announcing it. Um, and they, they're doing a Kickstarter for it. Um, it actually is really high on like the hottest games, so people are, are actually really talking about this game. Yeah. And so you're like you're like an art collector in this, you know, in this that classic Euro like. Is the theme really all that interesting? I don't know. I think it's kind of cool, actually. You're you're an art collector, and you're going from room to room, and you can move your positions based on where other people are. But you get in a room, you can purchase these paintings or whatever, and then based on that, you put them on your player board, and you can like take the action that's in the room. And again, it's probably it's one of those like Euro things where if I go over all the details of what you can do, it's probably just going to bore everybody. But it looks like there's. Um, a lot of interesting um, combos and different things that you can do. You can upgrade your rooms to where uh, when you go to this room and take the action next time, you're going to get more coins, different little things like that. Um, this game also, though, I will say this, um, uh, the, the, the designer has done Madeira, um, Brazil, uh, and did some other stuff that really uh, makes me interested uh, in it. That's Paulo Soledad, and also he does all his games with, uh, what's his name, uh, Nuno Bizarro Sintiero. I wish that I could just nail these names, but I probably just Tennessee it right then. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I love classic hero games. This looks like right up my alley with that, and it's the one that I definitely w- will um, would kickstart over any other Kickstarters and would be the first one that I would uh, want to purchase out of even all of these. Yeah, that is one I'm interested in as well. Uh, maybe the most interested I am in in any of, of your ones, of, yeah. Of, um, other than Wings, Wingspan, which I already have. Yeah, but, uh, I'm with you for that same for the same reason. I like some old classic Euro games, and this does seem to kind of fit that. Bill. Seems cool. I watched a John Gets game. He had, he did a video on it, and I got a chance. He did a whole playthrough of it. It's over an hour. Uh, I probably watched twenty to thirty minutes of it, and it just—it looked like there were a lot of cool choices that you're making through the um, through the game. You can ha- you have you start off with certain uh, meeples or workers, and if you don't want to do the action in the room you ended on, you could send a green to the green uh, green meep worker to the green room and do that action. So it's just again probably boring to talk about a lot, but it looks like there's just some really cool um, choices that you're making in this game, and I'm really interested in it. That's neat. I'll check that out. So that's Lestanza as your number one. Number one. All right. My number one, I think, would probably be on your list Have had you played the first game of this series. And this is a Mike Fitzgerald game by Eagle Griffin Games. And it is Football Highlights 2052. I'm a little afraid I'm hyping this game up too much in my mind. But (laughs) Baseball Highlights is one of my favorite games. Man, I love that game so much. I want to play that so bad. Yeah, Yeah, I I think you would really enjoy it. And I'm not even a I'm not a baseball fan at all, and you are. So I think you would probably enjoy it, uh, maybe even more than me. But I am a I'm a bigger football fan, American football, and I think Football Highlights looks really cool. I did kickstart this one, and I'm this is it's my most anticipated game that I'm getting this year. I think. But it is a football game. You're going to play one versus another player in a game of football. Now, you can play tournament style like you can in, in baseball highlights. So on the, on the side, it's listed as a one-to-four player game. Um, so, yeah, you can't play solo. 
like you can in baseball highlights, which baseball highlights is fun solo. Uh, this one is different in that it is a the drafting is done different in this one. So you're you're drafting cards and then you're you're kind of deck building, and then just like American football, you're trying to score the most points, and if you do, then you win. And then if you play tournament style, then you know you can. Uh, you can you know play for the the Super Bowl or whatever kind so of. So you're saying one to four that, means two people. Are, there's two games going on at the same time. Yeah, you would play two games right. at the same time. So you and I would play against each other. Two other guys or girls would play against each other, and then um, and then the winner me. would play each other. That's that's kind of how we did. That's probably why they would <laughs> you play like how you. I snuck that in yes, there. Yes, I did. <laughs> but but that's about it. I mean, I, another one I'm interested in that's not on my list is is um, first and goal. I think is the name of the the game. It's a, a dice. Gotcha. Uh, a dice rolling American football game, which I did watch a video on that and it looked cool, but this one looks heavier and I don't know. I think I'm, I, I hope I don't hype it up too much, but I'm really, really stoked about this game. And you've talked about baseball highlights a lot to me, so yep. I can definitely, and I, I still haven't played a game. Uh, I could definitely see why you're so excited about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I, I really want to run a tournament of that sometime, like at a Tennessee game days would be great to do like a, a, a big tournament because you can play as many people as you want and then play in about, I don't know, hour and a half to two hours. Um, the game is really easy to teach and then you just kind of play out the tournament, but the games are so quick. But anyway, I think that would be that would be quite a bit of fun. Cool. Well, what, let's, I'm going to name just a couple like honorable mentions, but I'm not going to talk about them really because okay. we could talk forever. Uh, I am interested in Paladins of the West Kingdom. We yes. just talked about Architects. Yeah. I am interested in That's that That's probably game. number six or seven on my yeah, list. Yeah, I'm really interested in that. There's another Euro game called Vian, and I could tell you why I'm interested in it. There's not a lot of information. Uh, I'll just briefly say that um, one of the guys that designed it I think is only 23 years old. Uh, cool. He helped... Uh, he actually had a uh, expansion or something on Board Game Geek for Scythe, and uh, Jeremy Stegmeier saw it, from my understanding, and pulled him in to actually do uh, an actual expansion. And so he helped him with that. And so he's really young, and he's working with Stegmeier, and this looks like a really cool little Euro game. So Vian is another one that I'm uh, pretty interested in. Yeah, several of the ones on my list, on my uh, honorable mentions, are ones that are uh, remakes. So, like, the Defenders of the Realm, the new version, is going to be kickstarted this year, which I'm excited about that. I, I enjoyed the uh, the original one. Um, the Oh, I don't have any of the other ones listed on here. That's, <laughs> I guess because I knew they weren't going to be on my list. But, uh, but some of the other oh. honorable mentions are, I had mentioned uh, Matthew Dunstan earlier. He has... He did the. He's doing the adventure games, but then Chocolate Factory is coming out, which is one that would have made my you know top 15, 20 games. Ice Team, which is a racing game that's coming out this year that he's doing, and then Monumental would have been six or seven on my list. The only reason it didn't make my list is that I don't know if I'll actually get a play of it because I think it's Kickstarter only. I don't think gotcha. you can get it at retail, so I don't know if I'll get a, a play of that in. Aftershock by Stronghold Games is one that looks interesting. Trick Shot is a hockey game that I think would oh, yeah, be cool. pretty cool. Oh, Key Market is a, is a reprint this year that I've been looking forward to, go. as well as Snowdonia. Sorry, I have a ton of them on here. There's some Legacy games, um, Machi Coral Legacy and Clank Legacy that I'm really interested in, but I decided just to not add those Legacy games on my list. And then two lighter games that didn't make my list because they're games that I'm interested in and I think I would play with my kids, but they just, you know, would be lighter games. And that's Jetpack Joyride, which I think is pretty fun. That's a um, kind of a real-time polyomino game where you're trying to race across 
uh, a little map on your jetpack. It's it's pretty cool. Watch a video on that. It's it's really neat. And then Draftosaurus is a lighter game where you're drafting dinosaurs into your dino park. And I was interested in that because it is by I think that one's by Antoine Bauza, if I remember. Oh, is it? And um, I think yeah, I think it was Antoine Bowser. Anyway, it was it was the designers that that did that one that I'm excited about. So I guess uh, I try to narrow mine down, Dean, and I give people twenty ones. <laughs> but if I'm going to add like a Victorian Mastermind to something I'm interested in, um, but I want to see some more reviews on it because Lang and Bowser work together on that. It's got a cool steampunk yeah. look. Like I, I for, and I hate to say this. But I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed in the game. Is yeah. why it didn't list, didn't make my list. And, Me too. I, and I've heard a lot of people say it's kind of meh. Yeah. And other, some people say they really like it. So I'm I'm going to play it. But that's like a uh, let someone else buy it. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And but I, I will say you mentioned Bowser, so I thought I would say that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. So a lot of yeah. good games that seem of, to be coming out in 2019. Yes, and we can't forget to talk about Rusty Industry really quickly yes so um and hey look up rusty industry and pronounce my main man damien's last name because because <laughs> i'm gonna butcher it so here so something that's really exciting meeple tonians you're not meeple tonians um but within the next um podcast or two we actually looks like we're going to get a, a, a designer, the the designer for this um, Kickstarter that's going to come out called Rusty Industry, and uh, you can go and you can look at it on Board Game Geek. It's also on Tabletopia. You can go ahead and play that. Um, and it's just kind of like economic game. In fact, I can read very briefly. It says, um, the Rusty Kingdom needs you. The Industrial King wants Rusty Kingdom to be the economic supremacy of the world. He invented a grading system to increase competition between ventures in Rusty Kingdom. The venture that scores the highest mark will get a heavy bag of shiny gold coins. And it says there's complex decisions that are ahead. Um, for my conversations with Damien, um, it, sound, like, it says weight two out of five, and he probably put that on there. So he says that he likes to have games that are, uh, I believe, quick and easy to understand, but you can make some complex decisions on it. So I'm very interested in that, and I'm very happy that hopefully, uh, don't hold us to it, but I believe he's going to be on uh, one of our next podcasts and he's going to share the game with us. And that's actually also Yodeling Ogre Games. So go on Twitter and follow, and Instagram and follow Yodeling, Yodeling Ogre, which I love that name, by the way, Games. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Sulige. Su- Sulige. I think that's right. right. Yeah. So anyway, that is going to do it for episode number six. Join us next time. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Meepletown Games and connect with us on the Meepletown Guild, Guild number 3407 at BoardGameGeek.com and also subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown.